Bridge is an acronym for books recycled to instruct, disciple, guide, and educate. We firmly believe that reading is critical for Christians to grow in their faith, and so we strive to make Bibles and gospel-based Christian books available at very affordable prices. Our purpose is to share the glorious good news of Jesus Christ through written and spoken word. We do this by providing resources and educational opportunities for people to grow in their knowledge of biblical truth so that they are equipped to share that truth with others. You can visit our website at bridgebookstexas.org where you can find our reformed podcast, Bridge Radio, where we bring on Christian authors, apologists, and scholars such as Dr. James White, Dr. John Frame, Joe Beakey, Jeff Durbin, John Sampson, and Tim Trumpert. You can find Bridge Radio on iTunes, Android, Windows, and Google Play or stream via our website. Thank you and enjoy the podcast. Eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. That is Matthew chapter 28, verses 16 through 20. That's the Great Commission, and welcome back to another episode of Bridge Radio coming at you from the great state of Texas, Texas. proclaiming the gospel fearlessly and faithfully. I am your host, Julio Amad Rodriguez. You could call me July, and across from me, I have the man, the myth, the legend himself, A.W. Brilla. I don't know about all that. <laughs> <laughs> Just such a big intro. And to the right of me, I have the founder of this whole shebang called Bridge Ministries, this beautiful reformed Christian bookstore, Steve Den Hartog. The unlegend Steve Den Hartog. Good to be with you. <laughs> I just hype hype everybody up. Anyway, guys, if you're new to the podcast, welcome. Um, if you're new, thank you so much for tuning in. You can find us on iTunes, Android, Windows, Google Play. And right now we uh, are developing our Bridge app that is soon to be be released. We'll we'll talk about that in a future podcast, but uh, Mm. it's going to have articles, uh, sermons, uh, Bridge Radio is going to be on there, and much, much more, but again, we'll we'll, we'll talk about that later. Um, For those, uh, again, who are new, we have... um, uh, a past podcast that we really and highly recommend you in the in the beginning of January we had a, a series on uh, the five solas recently we just wrapped up our series on the doctrines of grace and we had John Frame James White John Sampson Tim Trumper Jeff Durbin and uh, actually I recommend everybody to check out last week's podcast with Rosaria Butterfield uh, she recently released her book The Gospel Comes with a House Key and we unpack that talked about a little bit about um, radical ordinary hospitality and such a such an awesome sister of the lord i recommend everybody to go listen to that it was a great podcast yeah, yeah that was a really good podcast for sure yeah leanne and her were just like best friends they're just bouncing yeah, back boom, really, boom, boom, yeah. boom. just like they, they, it seemed really like good. they just knew each other it yeah. was awesome it was awesome anyway so today's podcast is going to be on discipleship what is discipleship how does obedience to christ look like uh you know the willingness to receive correction and and, and the mandate of discipleship but before we we introduce our guest he's not only a, a first-time guest but someone that uh we highly appreciate here at the ministry. Uh, We'll talk about that in a bit, but I just want to um, talk about an email that I actually got last night. Yeah, I'm excited. It was was really encouraging. The the, the (laughs) AW right across from me doesn't know about this, but let let me read this email for you. Uh, He says, says, hi, July and AB, aka AW. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or Abe, yeah. And <laughs> team from Bridge Radio Podcast. I praise our Lord for the great ministry that you guys run. It is a blessing to listen to your podcasts, and I thoroughly enjoy the Reformed teachings, views, and discussions with both the regular team and the panel of experienced guests. I have, I believe it was 
R.C. Sproul that said, Reformed theology is nothing more than biblical Christianity. Great to listen to a podcast where this is true. Keep up the good work, gents. All the way from Perth, Australia. Cheers from Claudius, along with my brother in Christ, Tim. Wow, good day, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Another show. I know, right? What's his name? Good um, day, Claudius. Cla- Claudius, uh, thank you very much for those kind words. Yeah, and Tim. Thank very, you so much for listening. Very encouraging and... Um, Yes, you know, keep listening. Thank you for your support, everybody else uh, mm-hmm. from the ministry. I mean, we can't do yeah. this without your support, and we, we always want to say thank you. Yeah, and giving glory to God yeah, for everything He's doing in, in this uh, in this ministry. We'll for sure. To, we'll have to connect via Skype or something sometime. And yeah, uh, yeah, that would be awesome. That'd be um, fun. He said uh, that Tim, his friend, his best friend Tim, introduced him to the podcast, and about a year ago, he uh, he bought him a RC Sproul's Chosen by God audiobook, and that 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 was it. So that that's that's kind of a story for a lot of people. The encounter R.C. Sproul and that's awesome. It's an, theology. So. It's amazing how the gospel is just being spread all over the world. You know, uh-huh. just different ministries. You know, not just ours. So right. Thank you very much for those kind words. Yep. Thank you so much, Claudius. Anyway, so again, back to discipleship. That's the topic today. And so uh, let me just go ahead and introduce our guest. So during his first year of marriage in 1969, our guest was called to the gospel of grace in Jesus Christ to a personal relationship with the risen Savior. Responding to God's call in his life to the gospel ministry, he left his studies in East Carolina University and finished his undergraduate work at Covenant College. Our guest is now the senior pastor of Briarwood Presbyterian Church in Birmingham, Alabama. He and his wife, Cindy, have three children and are proud grandparents. He's the author of The Leadership Dynamic, a biblical model model for raising effective leadership and from ember to a flame how god can revitalize your church you can find him on his podcasts in perspective which me and steve listen to quite a lot and uh yes and anyway it's an honor and privilege for bridge radio to have on for the first time dr harry reader thank you so much for coming on brother it's my privilege thank you well we really appreciate you taking the time to uh to be with us i remember uh finding you on RefNet. i think it was a couple of months ago i listened to one of your messages and then i looked you up on uh the briarwood uh podcast and uh, have just been enjoying your messages since then and and one thing that i appreciate about you is you make me hungry not only spiritually but uh physically as well because almost every uh every uh uh, lesson or lecture or uh, sermon that I listen to, uh, you make a reference to peach ice cream. <laughs> wow. Homemade, pe- oh, homemade, homemade peach, peach ice, ice cream. cream. That's yeah. right. Wow. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's taking yeah, it to the next level. Uh, that's, that's what would fell in the wilderness. They, they called it manna. <laughs> that's a manna. That's awesome. That's awesome. But hold on a second. Steve, weren't you telling us that Chick-fil-A has uh, peach? Uh, I was just going to mention that. Oh, yeah. Okay. Go, I don't, I'm, sure it's, I'm sure it's not the, uh, not the homemade peach ice cream, but uh, Chick-fil-A has a uh, shake, a peach shake, which is actually pretty good. So, wow. I don't know if you had a chance to check that out, Pastor Reader, but those are pretty good. Yeah, I have. It's good. Uh, a reasonable facsimile is what I would call it. <laughs> That's right. And, uh, but uh, you can't touch my mother's and my wife's uh, homemade peach ice cream. It's, uh, mm. I believe that. I always tell people be careful because if you drop, if you happen to drop. <laughs> my wife's homemade peach ice cream on your forehead, <laughs> then your tongue will slap your brains out trying to get to this. So you have to be careful. That's great. That's great. Uh, That's great. I just got a vision in my head about yeah. that trying to lose that delicious hot That must peach. be some really good peach homemade ice cream. Oh, yeah. Anyway, oh, I had one question before we, we get kicked off here, uh, Dr. Reader. Um, I, I Again, I really love In Perspective, and I had listened to your series on the parable of, of the mustard seed, and so me and Steve really wanted to ask this question. But what 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 is your eschatology? Well, um, I am a finally um, I have finally uh, settled after years of okay. vacillating between covenantal premillennialism and amillennialism. Okay. I finally uh, settled into what I prefer to call uh, realized eschatology, or um, but historically, it's pretty much the amill position. Hmm. Okay. So I, I always tell people I'm either an optimistic, I'm either an optimistic pre-mill or a realistic amill. Ah, so gotcha. okay. But okay. I've landed. I've landed amill. 
Okay. okay. All right. All right. Because I was I was feeling a little post mill in that series, and I was like, <laughs> I got, I, I'm feeling it. Maybe, maybe. I don't but know. I, I like the optimism. Well, I would give any. I would give anything to be post millennial. I just can't get there. Mm. Okay. Yeah, okay. I would give anything. All right. But I appreciate the optimism on the pre mill right there. So, yes. Yeah. Yes. So, so I love it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. So let's go ahead and dive into the topic of discipleship. Um, uh, Doctor Reader, can you define uh, what's the definition of of of, of a disciple and are all Christians disciples. Yeah, by the way, before I jump into that, can I yeah. go back to what you just asked me to say, you know, one of the reasons I actually grew up um, in the uh, Christian Missionary Alliance Church, so mm-hmm. they were heavily into dispensational premillennialism. Mm-hmm. And okay. then when I became a, a believer and was convinced of Reformed theology, I was under the influence initially of um, Dr. Francis Schaefer, Dr. Mm-hmm. Will Barker, and uh, J. Barton Payne. Okay. So I was... I, I got quite a bit of dose early on of covenantal uh, premillennialism. All right, uh, just to let people know that that was that that was the background. Mm, that, gotcha. So okay. It's been a little bit of a journey. Uh, right. For me, a disciple is a follower of Christ, um, and um, that's just pretty simply it. A follower of Christ. I think one of the themes that we don't do well, that Jesus did perfectly, as everything else, is he did not bifurcate evangelism and discipleship. The two were inseparably joined because mm-hmm. without without work, without any notion of work salvation, he mm-hmm. made it very clear to come to him was to follow him. So he would put the two together, come and follow me. Now what we do is we do evangelism, it seems like, and then we try to slip up on people a little bit later and say, okay, now it's time for you to consider discipleship. Mm. Actually, Jesus kind of put the two together to come to him was a commitment to follow him. Uh, I think also the key is is, uh, about discipleship and its definitions are found in... um, are found in the um, uh, the text that you quoted earlier. There's mm-hmm. uh, four times uh, that the pontes is used there that's translated in almost all of our translations with the word all. It could be every, mm-hmm. and I think in that context it's really better translated every when he says that every authority has been given to me, and that refers to the covenantal um blessings of authority given to him as the uh, mediator of the new covenant and um, and so that uh, that every authority is given to him so now that declares that the believers in Christ are now sojourners pilgrims and the citizens of of God following their King Jesus and uh, and then are now as exiles, elect exiles, are sojourners who are also ambassadors of the kingdom. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and so, what do what does he now say? He says, "All authority has been given to me, and then uh, therefore we are to uh, teach. Or we are to go take the gospel to all the nations, mm-hmm. every nation, and then we are to uh, teach." All that I have commanded you, everything he has commanded, with full understanding that there's primary doctrine, secondary doctrine, Mm -hmm. but all doctrine is important in the process of discipleship. And then fourthly, that he will be with us all the days and to the end. And so that um, I think those alls become defining and, um, and put the texture to discipleship. So, uh, Pastor Reeder, can you give us an example of costs and rewards of discipleship? Well, uh, I think the um, uh, the the cost is um, here, here's the way I like to say it, um, and that's why the two should go together: evangelism and discipleship. That uh, uh, this um, the gospel is the free gift of salvation that costs you everything. Hmm. And um, so it's a free gift, but it costs you everything. It costs you yourself. You die to yourself. I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ that lives in me. And so you have invited people to die in order to live. And uh, you die to yourself. You die to the world. So the cost is yourself. Therefore, the individual payments that you're going to have to make um, you know, perhaps your family disowns you. Perhaps mm. 
you get uh, ridiculed at work. Uh, perhaps um, you um, uh, you have to you're put to death as the martyrs. Uh, what? But those payments have already been secured because of the cost that you paid when you came to Christ. Now you had you had no idea what those payments were going to be, mm-hmm. but the coming to Christ settled the payments because the coming to Christ was a call to die to yourself. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's the cost. And then the the rewards are uh, effectiveness for Christ, increased effectiveness for Christ. Now, you know, Christ can, I mean, if he can use a, a donkey or a Presbyterian preacher to communicate, <laughs> uh, he can use a... Uh, he can use a lackluster disciple, but by and large, God has ordained that when you pay close attention to yourself and to what you're teaching people, that um, that that process of discipleship in your life is going. God's going to affirm that with increased effectiveness. So mm-hmm. you get the reward of increased effectiveness, the reward of increasing joy in the Christian life. Again, not happiness, but joy. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, there. Uh, happiness is too is directly related to the quote happenstance, but uh, the joy of the Lord is there even in the difficulties mm. of the Christian life, and then you get the axioms, the gospel axioms in life to solve the Christian life dilemmas, and there are many of them. This notion that you know most of the people listening to your station can also uh, your podcast can go to a cable vision and all of this quote-unquote Christian programming, and, and out there they tell you, come to Jesus and your problems are solved. Well, actually, my problems began hmm. when I came to <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Uh, he, he solved the, the problem of my standing with God and setting me free from the penalty and power of sin, but now, I, I mean, before I became a Christian, life was pretty simple. It was just all about me. Mm. Uh, now mm. that I'm a Christian, how do I make this life all about Christ when I got the old man within me and the world outside of me and Satan against me? How do I do all of this? And re- and how do I do this thing of 100% reliance upon God and 100% engagement in my Christian life all at the same time? Mm-hmm. And um, so I think... Um, uh, so those are the those are the challenges that are there, but the joy of the Lord comes as He walks us through those things in the the process of discipleship in our lives. Amen. Yeah. Amen. We are who who we are who we were created to be when we walk in in a relationship with our risen Lord in discipleship, and uh, it's uh, just a realization I think of of who God created us to be when we have that relationship with Him. And one of the things that I was I was thinking about too when you were speaking with regards to the cost is uh, there's a book by uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, The uh, Cost of Discipleship, and in it he says that when Christ calls a man, he bids him come and die. And uh, right. that really uh, resonated with me. It's it's not always. Sometimes it is, and quite frequently it is <laughs> in other parts of this world. That you know, they uh, when they give up their their family's faith or tradition uh, in other parts of this world, they they might very well end up dying. But for all of us, it's a dying to self and uh, putting on Christ and uh, seeking. His will for our lives, as opposed to to our own. So there always is that that death that must happen, but the rewards are so much greater. Right, right, and, and you clearly see that in the life of the Apostle Paul as well, because um, this was somebody who was heading towards Jerusalem, mm-hmm. and everyone was telling him to go the opposite direction. And what was his mindset? It was to preach and proclaim the gospel in. Jerusalem to the lost, even if it took death, and he even is the person who said, "I saw my life as worthless yeah, compared right. to knowing Christ." Yeah, and uh, there's only one faith that can do that, and that's the Christian faith. And, and Jesus said in Luke uh, uh, fourteen uh, twenty-seven, "Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple." I mean, it was very clear the things that Jesus was saying to becoming his yeah. disciple. Yeah. Moving on to some of the attributes of discipleship, Pastor Reader, one of the things that uh, we wanted to talk about was obedience to Christ's commandments. What what does that look like? How do we go about doing that uh, practically in our own lives? 
Well, of course, uh, you know, there's a, one of the things I share with people is um, in terms of a shorthand course on apologetics is everything that you're dealing with, everybody you meet is religious, everybody you meet is a worshiper, everybody mm. you meet is a believer in something. And basically, all man-made religions have one thing in common. They tell you what you got to do or give. Uh, to be saved for what and however they define salvation mm -hmm. and Christianity says no it's not what you do or give it's uh, what you do or give is actually the problem even your righteousness is mm -hmm. like filthy rags yeah. mm -hmm. but but God has done something and given something and that 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 which he has done he has done through someone and that one whom he gave was his son and you have eternal life but when you come to him the second thing that you know is that everybody that comes to Christ is coming from a world and life view uh, that previously it was the sovereign self. Now you're having a whole new world and life in view, and that is the sovereignty of God. Um, you, you see this with Peter uh, at Caesarea Philippi when he says, uh, you know, when he rebukes Jesus for saying he's going to go die in Jerusalem, and may, may that uh, never be, and Jesus said, uh, get behind me, Satan, for you have, and here's the key, you have set your mind on man's interest and not upon God's. In other words, you're in league with Satan whenever the sovereign self is the integrating factor of your mind instead of the sovereign God. Mm -hmm. And um, so discipleship is erasing part of the, the key to discipleship is not only the right relationship with God, not only um, not only not the right relationship with God and the right relationship of utter dependence upon the Holy Spirit without passivity. In other words, um, you die to yourself, you flee temptation, you're active, but you're active with a dependency upon the power of the Holy Spirit. I, I like the way our membership vows and baptismal vows and in humble reliance upon divine grace and the power of the Holy Spirit, I will endeavor. So um, it's not passivity, but it's it's some, it's a dependency. But that is all when as that is engaged. Now comes the fundamental, foundational thing of being a disciple, i.e., learner slash follower of Jesus. Mm -hmm. You can't do what you don't know, mm -hmm. and um, so you've got to start knowing. I like the way one guy said, "It's uh, no be do, know who you are and what God called you to be. Be and then do." Mm -hmm. um, now, right now, I'm preaching through First Peter and really having a great time. I hope the congregation is having as good a time. <laughs> but uh, uh, as we're going through it, Peter, like Paul, is doing this tsunami dump of uh, gospel blessings before he gets to gospel commands. Mm -hmm. Here's who you are yeah. as the elect in yeah. Christ. Yeah. Now, here's what you do for your Christ. Amen. Mm -hmm. But he never does the commands without telling you who you are, lest you think what you do is what makes you who you are. Right. Mm -hmm. But yeah. you can't do what you don't know. And, and Christianity is not intuitive, not reflexive, and not imaginative. Mm -hmm. It is based upon divine revelation. So when you become a Christian, the gospel blessing is you get a new heart, you get a new perspective, you get a new record, you get a new family, you get a new life, you get a new home. What you don't get is a new mind. Mm -hmm. what you, but what you do have is the mind of Christ and the Word of God and the Spirit of Christ within you so that you can renew your mind. Mm -hmm. uh, to quote one of my mentors, R.C. Sproul, uh, who's now with the Lord and has a renewed mind. Uh, well, that was <laughs> yeah. his burden, was a renewing mind that, that to help people to learn to think Christianly. Mm -hmm. Now, you can know the Word of God and not do the Word of God, but you can't do the Word of God without knowing it. Mm -hmm. So that's what we engage in, uh, mm -hmm. is this communication of what is the mind of Christ and the renewing of the mind uh, in the Lord. So that's the second great challenge. And if I can just very briefly say the third one sure. is the renewing of the mind is not simply an informational act in 
uh, in, um, in Christianity. It is also a relational act. Mm. So you are renewed by models and mentors. And that discipleship not only has mentors, but it has models. You, we are born imitators. Probably 80 to 90% of what we learn is by imitation in life. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then, but the information, that 10 to 20%, sets up what you imitate and conserves what you imitate. And uh, so you need models and mentors. And uh, so I always tell people that discipleship, you need about five models for your life. You need about three to five mentors, and you need about three to five motivators or band of brothers or circle of sisters in your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really good. We've been I've been going through the book of Philippians actually with another gentleman uh, recently, and uh, one of the things Paul talks about is uh, the importance of having mentors in our lives, people that we can emulate and that we can imitate. Uh, you know, imitate me as I have uh, Christ, and uh, it's so important to have those those people that we can look up to and and imitate as long as they are imitating Christ and to that degree. So that's. That's a great admonition. Well, when I when I do this with guys, I tell them, I say, you need about three to five models because with every model, you not only get his strength, but you get his weakness, and don't yeah. get just one. Uh, and I I encourage people to choose the models from the Bible or from history because the last chapter's been written. Hmm. Um, there are, I think it was a good Texan, Howard Hendricks, I think I'm quoting him accurately, who said there are... 349 uh, biographical sketches of believers in the Bible and approximately 67 finish strong. Mm-hmm. And um, so you want to find those that finish strong. And you don't, I don't, I, I, my models don't come from my present life so much uh, because I don't know how these people are going to finish. Mm-hmm. Uh, but wow, but I do have to get, I do have to get my mentors. And so you select about three to five mentors. Again, a plurality is uh, important. Then you get three to five uh, guys in your life that got the green light, hold each other accountable, pray with each other, talk mm-hmm. with each other. And I think I call it 3M discipleship. Mm-hmm. And um, that's um, that's what I think is, um, uh, is, is a good paradigm to help guys work through uh, in their Christian lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so important to have that accountability with each other because uh, I don't know, I don't remember who said it, but uh, somebody said that the uh, the best of men are men at best, yeah. and so it's That's it's right. dangerous to put somebody up on uh, on a pedestal yes. that uh, we follow them instead of uh, taking it and take the, our eyes off of Christ and follow them instead of following Christ. So. Yeah, and a lot of people do that in our church and get extremely this disappointed when we do see a pastor fall absolutely i mean, I mean yeah. they look at him and uh, they look at the pastor <laughs> yeah. like he's perfect they do. and forget that you know he's a sinner just like we are yeah yeah uh we're, we're talking about uh mentors and 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 models and all this and i think this really is a nice segue and for you to address this uh which is the willingness for us to receive correction as being disciples well i mean you're not going to grow if you can't if you're not being transparent and you're not going to grow uh, if you're, if you, um, you know, are not, um, not being instructed. Mm-hmm. So first of all, you want to choose your mentors carefully because, you know, the Bible says when all said and done, uh, the pupil will become like the teacher. And, uh, so mm-hmm. you, you want to choose them carefully. As I said, you want more than one because you get strengths and weaknesses whenever you get someone. Um, and, um, um, and you know, you kind of, the Bible says by their fruits, you shall know them. So you want to take a look at their life personally and maritally and family and ecclesiastically in the church and how they're serving the Lord. And then, and then, uh, you just begin to draw upon them. I think, um, you know, with all, with some due respect, uh, I'm going to be careful, you know, because whenever I hear people say, with all due respect, I know the next thing out of their <laughs> mouth is anything but yeah, respect. So, uh, so uh, but let me try to say, with due respect, uh, you know, I, 
some of the guys I talk with are, you know, well, nobody, nobody volunteers to be my mentor. And I tell them, I say, look, if anybody volunteers to be your mentor, you probably don't want them. Mm. Uh, they, you know, I mean, that's a little arrogant. Mm. Hey, I'm, God wants me to be your mentor. Right. Uh, I think you, you go, you're going to have to pray through and be led to select mentors. And likely the people you're going to ask have been asked by others. So you need to make it as easy as possible. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, I had, um, I had five guys that were my mentors. Two are with the Lord now. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, and I just asked him, I said, look, can I call you four times a year? And can I meet with you twice a year? I'll buy the, I'll buy the lunch or the supper. I'll have 10 questions. Mm. And, and then I promise you absolute confidentiality on all of your answers. And, mm. um, and so that became, those mentors became unbelievably important in my life. Now, they weren't my only mentors, but I had five key mentors, and that's um, and but I had to go get them. I had to make it easy for them, and then I um, and then I had to take advantage of the opportunity. And uh, the other thing is this. Uh, you can confess your ignorance and you confess your sins because we, you believe the gospel. It's not that you believe everything right and it's not that you get everything right and you've done everything right that gets you to heaven. Hmm. It's Jesus, what he has done for you. Therefore, you're free to be honest about where you are falling short of the glory of God in what you know or don't know and what you're doing or not doing. And so you can just say to God, you say, hey, I am really ignorant in this area. Can you give me some help? Um, but here's here's the basic thing. Any great leader I've ever known and any growing Christian I've ever known are intentional learners. They are verbivores. They are eating knowledge constantly. Good stuff. Wow, that's, 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 good. that's really good stuff. The key, of course, is submission. Um, yeah, don't miss the fact that everybody quotes Luke 2.52, uh, that Jesus grew in wisdom, stature, favor with God, and favor with man. What they don't quote is, I think it's Luke 2.51, and Jesus was submissive to his parents. Mm-hmm. And um, so here, here is Jesus. Uh, he's, got an ado- he's got an appointed, uh, an adopted father, an appointed mother. Uh, he's about to save them from the, their sins, and he made them. Uh, yet in his calling and in his full humanity, he was submissive to them, and the result is he grew in wisdom, stature, favor with God, and favor with man. And uh, finding those relationships in submission in the church and in your family are absolutely crucial uh, for a discipleship. Huh. And it really requires humility on the the part of the disciple to be willing to accept that correction and that admonition when when uh, somebody brings it to our point to our attention. Yeah, don't miss the fact that, um, that and also don't miss the fact that it says that uh, Jesus was there at the temple asking the questions. There he was submissive to the teachers, and don't miss the fact that it says that Jesus and the Jesus and his parents a went to the temple as was their custom and b were in the synagogue at Nazareth quote as their custom in other words if i can put it in our language today Jesus and his family uh, were in the church, and the church was in the family. Hmm. And that was a key to discipleship. As disciples and in discipleship, um, what does it look like to desire holiness? So within a discipleship or, and being disciple, um, what does it look like to desire and pursue holiness? Well, you know, Peter says, uh, Peter perhaps, here's Peter that takes... First Peter chapter one verses three through twelve, and <clears throat> pours into them the gospel foundation of their blessings, and then he gives them three framing commandments in First Peter one uh, thirteen through chapter two verse four, and the first one that Peter gives to uh, the first gospel commandment he gives is be ye holy 
in all your conduct, for I am holy. Mm -hmm. So the first commandment that he gives to the elect exiles, the sojourners, on the sojourner's journey, the first commandment he gives them is this, a pursuit, an intentional pursuit of a pervasive personal holiness. Mm. And uh, not to be saved, because he's already handled that. He's already told you. Uh, You've got an inheritance kept for you. You are being kept for the inheritance. You're justified by the imperishable blood. You've been born again by the imperishable seed. So he has settled that. Now, what's the first thing you do? Is an intentional pursuit of personal holiness in life. That is your life now uniquely belongs to and reflects and focuses upon the attributes and acts of your God. Hmm. And uh, that's that's where your focus, not to be saved, but for your Savior. And um, so I think it's, um, it's crucial. But the big deal in holiness is belonging to Christ, not just checking off the acts of obedience. It is actually, obedience is is what I do because I love him. And I love him because he first loved me. So, um, So that's what I think you've got to keep always in front of people, the gospel foundation of who you are in Christ, and then the initial call to be holy, for mm. I am holy mm-hmm. in all that you do. A pervasive holiness that all that I am, all of my relationships, all of my calling, even down to eating and drinking, is to the glory of God. No matter <laughs> what I do, mm. I uniquely belong to him. In other words, no longer do I live to eat. I now eat to live for Jesus. Mm-hmm. I no longer do I live to drink. I now drink to live for Jesus. And uh, and every appetite, every relationship, every responsibility, increasingly you want to go through that sieve as a follower of Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. That's it reminds me of the uh, the Heidelberg Catechism. I love the Heidelberg Catechism because uh, I think it, it sets out that same format. You know, it starts out with, this is our problem. This is your problem being separated from God through sin. This is what God has done for you in Christ. Now, this is how you are to live. And uh, right. you know, the majority of the catechism is centered around that. This is how we live. This is what we are to do as disciples of Christ. Um, right, and you'll see it like um, in the, you know, in the Gospel of. Uh, I did a series on James called the Gospel according to James, and now Peter, what Peter does in his style, like Paul, he gives you all the gospel blessings and then the gospel commands. What James does is James goes to our indwelling and entangling sins and he peels them back to show them here's the real problem the real problem is your heart mm. and here here's the partiality in your heart uh, that is why you've got the discrimination and why do you have the partiality in your heart because the applause of men is more important to you than the applause of God mm. and so he 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 peels mm. it back to show uh, he shows he shows the the uh, that the, as one of my mentors said, the heart of the problem is the problem with the heart, <laughs> and uh, and so he goes right to the heart. I like, and of course, I love the way Peter and Paul does it because they just say, okay, here's the gospel blessings. Now here's the gospel commands, and um, and so he, they work on direction and motivation all at the same time, but mm-hmm. in always in that order. Here is your blessing. Mm-hmm. Here is your vocation. Here is your motivation. Now, here's your new occupation Amen. Uh, as a Christ follower. Huh. Yeah, the indicative comes before the imperative. This is who you are. Always. This is what you should do. Um, another attribute, I think, of, uh, of discipleship is a love for other disciples, a love for people who are also uh, sons and, and daughters of God. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, and again, if you don't mind, I'll just use what I'm preaching through. Sure. First Peter. So First Peter gives you the gospel blessings in First Peter one three through twelve. Then he gives you three gospel commands in First Peter one um, 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 
13 through chapter 2, verse 4. First one is the pursuit of holiness. And as soon as he does that, his next thing is, and, and, and have a sincere and earnest love for one another from the heart. Because hmm. you're not on this thing by yourself. Right. If you want to deal with suffering in your life, start helping people that are suffering. Uh-huh. Um, and we've just got a commitment. Uh, hey, we're all going to suffer, so none of us are going to suffer alone. Mm-hmm. We're going to love each other. Uh-huh. Uh, when he gets to the commandment uh, to be in subjection to every human institution uh, in chapter 2, when he gets to that commandment, then he says, uh, honor everyone and love the brotherhood. Mm. So this, and, and Jesus, of course, highlights it because he, he says after the Passover, a new commandment I give you that you love one another as I have loved you. Now, loving one another was not a new commandment, but new, loving one another in the new command, it was a new commandment in the sense of the incarnate Christ and what he had done. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so we're always brought back to Christ in our suffering, you know, it, is that Christ suffered for you to leave for you an example of how you suffer for him. Mm-hmm. And so uh, with that focus upon Christ, we fix our lives upon each other and love one another because you're not. You yeah. have to come to Christ personally, but you don't live. To, you don't live for Christ individually. Right. So, uh, for being a, uh, a a disciple, there needs to be a love and a thirst for sound theology, sound doctrine. Uh, can you can you talk about that for a, for for a bit, Doctor Reader? So uh, we're back to the fact that Christianity is built on divine revelation, not human imagination. Um, you remember when Paul is speaking to the Athenians, he says um, that uh, God does not um, live in temples made by human hands or imagination, uh, or Id- are served by idols of, that are made by human imagination. Mm-hmm. And of course, the second commandment goes right at that when it says, "Don't make for yourself any um, any uh, graven images." That Im- images are the products of our imagination. We are people of the book. <clears throat> so one of the um, as um, Dr. Schaefer used to tell us. The two marks of the believer is, is one, uh, the two marks of an authentic conversion, and then the two marks of true spirituality are number one is a uh, love for one another, and number two is a love for the truth. Actually, I think he flipped them, uh, and, um, and, but a love for the truth. So um, if, you, if someone is converted, there will be a love and a hunger for the truth of God's word. Yeah. Uh, and so then uh, they, they are just, they automatically, I mean, don't you love the way the Apostle Paul put it to the Bereans when he said that the Bereans were more noble-minded than the Thessalonians mm-hmm. because they received the word with eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see if these things are so. Right. Wow. So they were learners, but they weren't such, they weren't so open-minded that their brains were falling out. They would examine the scriptures to see if these things were so. So you had daily self-examination and Bible um, study that was then supportive of and buttressed by the public proclamation of the word that they eagerly heard. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I think, uh, now uh, there's a couple of things I, I want to be sure and say in your interview with me on this. Mm-hmm. And one of them is, I believe, the most important decision that Christ followers, disciples make and is the trigger for discipleship is what kind of preaching you listen to, how you prepare to listen to it, and what you do with what you've listened to. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think preaching is quote unquote formal discipleship, but it pulls the trigger and sets the thermostat for disciples. And, um, and so, um, so I believe that's where it starts, and then you want to get people who can move you ahead in the Word of God informationally and relationally. 
that that discipleship has both of those things, as I mentioned earlier, models and mentors. It has both of those dynamics, and that's the way you you pick up and deal with theology. And so what's so exciting is, I mean, there's not a passage of the Scripture that you can plummet the depths of it because of the interconnectedness of all the Scripture. And, um, yeah. and so, and, and but we've got to keep pointing people back to the inerrancy, the supremacy, and the sufficiency of um, of the Scripture as disciples. Mm-hmm. Yes, Amen, Amen. Well, Doctor Reader, we're coming up uh, on the forty five minute marker, and as always with our guests, we love for them to proclaim the gospels, the gospel for those who are listening and who might be lost. Um, and we would just love for you to do that, Doctor Reader. Yeah, uh, well, I would. Can I just say one, two, three, yes. four things about yes. discipleship? Sure. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Uh, here's the first. Here's a. I believe that discipleship is ultimately life on life. But the best way that it happens is not one-on-one, but one to a small group. Mm-hmm. And so I would encourage everybody to be discipled and be a disciple. Mm-hmm. I would encourage everybody to get in a small group where somebody can model and mentor and move you forward in the gospel, and you develop But it's not just one-on-one. I believe that one-on-one discipleship is for a season or a reason. The best discipleship is one to a small group because we learn, as you were mentioning a while ago, we learn in community. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, so that's number one. Secondly, I believe that discipleship is best uh, is best done when you set up this paradigm. Don't you love it in Acts one one when it says this, Theophilus? This is the second volume that I have written. The first volume was all that Jesus began to do and teach. Well, what does that tell me? Well, that tells me Luke wrote Luke to tell us what Jesus began to do and teach. He writes Acts to tell us what Jesus is continuing to do and teach. And if we believe in biblical inerrancy and verbal plenary inspiration, then the order of words are important, and therefore it's consistent. Jesus said what you have seen and heard from me, mm-hmm. what he would do and teach. And so I've, I realized for the longest time I was teaching and then taking them out to do it. What I needed to do was do it and then teach them. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so wow. that setting up that pattern and paradigm yeah. for the group that I would be discipling, I think was very important. And, and then the final thing is I believe you learn best in adversity. Mm-hmm. Uh, so get uh, that's why boot camp that's why the marines changed basic training to boot camp before world war ii because they knew what a war was going to be and it wasn't just dressing up as a soldier you had to learn <laughs> so they put you at paris island and you got a six foot two neanderthal for eight weeks it would just put adversity in your life and that's and you learn under adversity so i just wanted to finish that up on discipleship Okay. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. That's all. Awesome. So we should make life as difficult as possible for the people we're <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Yo, that's why I love our campus outreach right now. They're out. They're down at the beach, and uh, this afternoon uh, they'll be walking up the beach and sharing the gospel, and, and they're going to introduce some adversity to people with beach evangelism. Amen. And, uh, yeah. So I mean, it's it's uh, that's how you learn. So uh, to, your great privilege that you just gave me something I love doing all the time is I know everybody listening to us or that you want to go talk to is you can be assured of this. I love to ask people this question. I love to get on an airplane and pray for a little bit of turbulence mm. and uh, and then um, after the turbulence hits I'll turn to the person next to me and just ask them uh, you know do you think there's a heaven? Mm. And, um, and nobody has ever in my life told me no. Nobody. That's great. God yeah, that has great. put eternity in the heart of a man. Exactly. And um, you know you know you're headed somewhere yeah. Yeah. and you know you're going to die. Yeah. You know both of those things. Yeah. That's why I, I can almost tell you, if I, you're listening to me today, very likely you've got a portfolio that includes 
life insurance. Mm -hmm. And uh, what you've done is you know you're going to die, and you want to take care of the people that are around you because Mm -hmm. you know you're going to die. Well, what I have the privilege to tell you today is the fact that you're going to die, you've gotten insurance. What I want to ask you, do you have assurance? That's what I want to ask you. And one of the reasons the Bible was written was so that you could know that you have eternal life. These things have I written unto you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you might know that you have eternal life. You can rest assured that if your trust is in Jesus Christ and you have, you have confessed, I'm a sinner, I am helpless, and hopeless Mm -hmm. and I am helpless and hopeless but I heard the good news that God had given his son and in him all of the shame and guilt of my sin is swept away Mm -hmm. all this he as he paid for all the sins of all of his people for all of eternity and I, I want to be one of his people by faith in Christ and if you've done that uh, and then you've turned from your sins to follow that Christ and say to him, I receive you and confess you as Lord and Savior. He not only delivers you from the penalty of your sin, he'll deliver you from the power of sin and for the rest of your life, deliver you from the practice of your sin. And when he takes you home, he'll deliver you from the presence of sin. Mm. And that's what I get the chance to share with you. And the greatest decision you'll ever make in your entire life is when Jesus tells you this in his word, is he telling you the truth or is he a liar? Mm-hmm. That's, that's the biggest decision you'll ever make in your life. Wow. Amen. And, um, and so I want to encourage you to make that decision. Call upon our brothers that do this podcast or me, mm-hmm. and I'll be glad to give you things to help you in your walk with the Lord. And then get in, get the Word of God in your heart and your life and get into a good, solid church and be discipled as a follower of Christ. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you so much. Dr. Harry Reader, where can uh, our listeners find your books, podcasts, and also maybe some of our listeners might be heading out to Birmingham, Alabama, or maybe we have some listeners there. Um, where can they find you? Well, yeah, you can go to our website. We actually have an app uh, that covers, I have a 30-minute program called In Perspective. Mm. We have a 10-minute program where we address the issues of the day with a biblical world in life view and gospel solutions. Mm. And the app can connect you to that, uh, the website and uh, the app. Uh, and then I have a, um, a little vlog I do with an Ask the Pastor five-minute video that uh, is on the website that uh, happens about every uh, every other week and so those are accessible we have a bookstore uh, and uh, to service you um, and uh, we're grateful to do that my books uh, I have uh, two I have a book that's coming out in Octo- October called okay. 3 3d leadership mm-hmm. okay. and um, how to develop how to develop um, how to develop uh, d- how to define, develop, and deploy um, Christian leadership, hmm. and then um, and then I've got um, uh, and the book on embers to a flame that's available. And I'm doing a book on preaching that'll be out pretty soon. Oh, so um, so those are some of the things that are available, and you can get the app and listen to them. If you're ever in Birmingham, Alabama, come and visit us at Briarwood Presbyterian. I invite you. It's what you ought to do. And if you visit <laughs> us here, uh, then uh, this is, uh, this. if you visit us here, it won't be a culture shock when you get to heaven. <laughs> and, uh, I love it. And then uh, we'd love to host you. Okay. Yeah, yeah, because everyone's going to be a Presbyterian, right, Dr. Reader? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I always tell people you don't have to be a Presbyterian to get to heaven, but I wouldn't take a chance. <laughs> That's great. All right. M- Mr. Rogers had it right, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dr. Reader. Well, thank you so much for coming on. It was an honor and privilege, like I said. 
said at the beginning of the podcast, we uh, we find your material so helpful, and we mm-hmm. encourage our listeners uh, to go check out In Perspective, go check out Dr. Reader's material. And uh, and next week, we have King's Kaleidoscope coming on, talking about their new uh, album. Uh, and as always, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge, and we will see you on the next podcast. Thank you very much. Peace out. Later. Take care.